Welcome to Psyched Tea. I'm your host, Johanna Moreno, licensed marriage and family therapist. Follow me as I chat with other mental health professionals and discuss therapy, pop culture, media, and everything in between, but with a psychoeducational twist. Welcome back to Psych Tea. I'm Johanna Moreno, licensed marriage and family therapist, and today's discussion is going to be very interesting. We're going to be talking about how to keep the relationship alive. So for my guest today, I have Dr. Amaposo Breen. Hello, Johanna. Hi. Thank you for including me in this podcast. I love the theme. I love the idea that we can talk about these different mental health areas that are so important with us. But a little bit about myself. Um, I'm Alma Pozobreen. I'm an associate professional clinical counselor. I'm registered with the Board of Behavioral Science and Board of Psychology. And right now I am a clinical therapist and I love my job. Awesome. So one of the things um, they'll be doing with everybody is fun facts. Mm. So tell me your fun fact. Fun fact about Alma. There's so many, Johanna. Where can I begin? Well, I love playing the piano and the flute that I started at age nine. Wow. I didn't know you played the piano and flute. Yeah. And the flute was, I think for me, um, it was a way out because I lived in Calexico, Mm -hmm. California, which is next to Mexicali. So my mom didn't want me going out. And my friends were, you know, pachucos. (laughs) So my mom says, no, you're going to practice your piano and flute, which is what I did. And then uh, I kept doing it, and then I got really good. And then uh, the fun fact that it was more like this opportunity that with the flute happened uh, in my young adult life when uh, the L.A. Philharmonic was doing a summer thing, and anyone can try it out. And it was just a fun thing. So I tried out, and I did it. So I did that for a summer. That was fun. That's interesting that you say that because – I played the, the flute in eighth grade. I did not know that. So I was in um, our school's band for middle school. So I did the flute from seventh grade and eighth grade. Mm. And um, for, I believe it was eighth grade, we um, we did, what is it called? The Pasadena Pops. Oh. So we got to play with them. And it was amazing. Isn't it fun? We do collaborative stuff. I just love that. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was super fun. But that's the one thing I remember. Yeah. That's cool. That's a fun fact. That's awesome. I did not know about that with you. That's, uh, well, no wonder. The embouchure. We have the best embouchure. <laughs> we, yeah, we're we're amazing together. I kind of feel like a lot of the things that you've done, I've, I've done. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. I'm, I don't know. We're the yin to yang. So we, ha- we have this kismet yeah. thing. Yeah. Really did, have it. you ever seen um, the show or even read the book, um, Anne of Green Gables? No. Oh my god, it's a great. My husband's gonna kill me for admitting that. No, uh, it's a it's a really great, really old um, story. But um, the character Anne, she she meets this girl named Diana, and she says that they are bosom buddies. Mm-hmm. They're cosmic souls. Mm-hmm. That's you and me. I just get you. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, good good to know. Good to know. Okay, so Alma, are you ready to talk about how to keep relationships alive? I am. I have to say that this is a loaded and interesting question, 
right? Yeah. The first thing that I thought of was, is the relationship dead? Um, <laughs> do I have to do a do not resuscitate on the relationship? Uh, what about CPR? So you know me and yeah. my little joking things like, gee, many Christmas. <laughs> I have to think about keeping the relationship alive. Well, I mean, I think this is a really amazing topic because you have been married with your husband for a very long time. Mm-hmm. How, how many years now? Uh, 27 total. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. But but what's interesting is that when I was, when you asked me about it, for me being a researcher, I wanted to kind of research things. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, my husband and I are doing most of the stuff. I mean, there's a few things we can do extra. This was really, I go, this makes sense. What uh, these research um, individuals found in their studies. So tell me a little bit about some of the research that you found in regards to keeping relationships alive. One of the research that I love doing is journals. They're more recent um, they're empirically mm-hmm. evidenced by all these critical uh, evidence people that do research and they all have to read it and approve it. So always look for journals. And one of the journals I found was Journal Social Psychology. So thank you for bringing that up for those of you who don't know what journals are. So journals are um, research studies that different people have done or different universities have done and they publish their findings in mm-hmm. what is called a journal. So you found your specific research in the journal of what, I'm sorry? It's Journal of Social Psychology. Perfect. And so what I like about it is that studies are performed and it could be anything. So when I did the research, even though I was writing down the information that I knew based on what I've been trained on, but I wanted to elaborate more and there was a study that was done on just roommates in college. Mm. So I thought it was fun. It was for a semester. There were 115 individuals. And they were focusing on what creates a good relationship, the responsiveness relationship between individuals, and the quality and interpersonal goals. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting. Because my husband and I are going through what are our goals. Yeah. Right? When you first start your marriage and then mid when mm-hmm. you have your children. And then at the end, what are we doing now? We're now in our late 50s. Where are we going? Mm-hmm. And so we have all these goals. <clears throat> so um, I found that the study was very interesting. And I really appreciated that they were talking about the cycles that individuals go through. Can you um, elaborate a little bit on that, those cycles? One of them were compassionate goals and responsiveness interesting it was very interesting that they found that they had of course the control group which were the actors and then they had the partners Mm -hmm. which is a random so it was an interesting study and what they found is ultimately it's how the couple responds to each other and and enhances a relationship and it's a quality for both individuals Mm -hmm. right you're married as well yes i am so you notice there's that give and take yes and i think that's so interesting so one of the things that i kind of feel like it's really important in relationships is there has to be a middle ground right you have to Mm -hmm. give and take it's not all like give 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 or take 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 I really do feel like a successful relationship, whether it be a friendship, whether it be a, a you know boyfriend, girlfriend, or marriage, or whatever that looks like, having that middle ground, right? Meeting each other in the middle is going to be very important to enhance that relationship. Absolutely. And when you read the study, it, it starts uh, citing other people's studies. Mm-hmm. So then there was a study in 1995 by Braumeister and Leary that they proposed two things. The first one was called the high quality close relationships, 
which contribute to mental and physical well-being, versus the poor quality close relationships create stress and undermine health and well-being. Mm. So it impacts our health and well-being if it's stressful, right, versus it's happy. I feel great and I'm ready to go to work. No, for sure. That's so interesting. What's the name of that article? I don't have that here, but I think it was called the High Quality Close Relationship Study. Okay. The article was found in the Journal of Social Psychology, performed a study on the following. So what they were doing was basing the creating good relationships based on what they proposed about health, high quality close relationships. Okay. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, one of the other aspects of it that I wanna I wanna bring in and just really um, make it concise was the four elements that they talked about. Is that okay to bring that up? No, yeah, for sure. Go for it. So basically, when we respond to relationship, we're hoping that our husbands or our wives or our partners, that there's a warm and they're sensitive, right? Mm -hmm. And they want their their partners to feel comfortable. It's the high relationship that they're Mm -hmm. talking about. So if I want to feel comfortable, I want to feel valued. I want to feel like you're listening to me and understood. So they talked about the four things that they found in the study, just to make it short. It was like a 27-page study. Wow. So I was trying to figure out, well, what's the, what are they trying to get at, <laughs> what's right? What's the big point? So what's the point? But it was four big ones, and I got to tell you, my husband and I use it. There was one that I have to work on with him, and I thought, now if that makes sense. So the first one is empathetic towards mm-hmm. your partner, that empathy. And the second one is being compassionate. The third one is being responsive. I'm hearing you. It's not saying I just love you. It's saying, hey, what's going on? Let's talk to me. And that's the love, right? That's the love language. And then being goal-oriented. So I love that. So then I thought, let me do another search. Let me search on psychology today, or let me search on good housekeeping. (laughs) What do they have for their steps for having that, (laughs) keeping the relationship alive? And here it was. Try something new. Right? That makes sense. That was one of the ones when I was researching for this episode, for this topic, that was one of the ones that I kind of kept popping up. Do new things, exciting things. Um, Another one was um, date night, creating date nights. Right? But the one thing I tell you I had to work on was try something new. And I knew I lack in that because I'm 57 in September. My husband and I have a routine. And so, like, doing something new, do you want to go out? We're like, ugh. No, I get that. My back hurts or my knee hurts. So that I'm working on. The second one is work out together. Okay, we don't do that. That was on there, work out together? Was it really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I get on the treadmill. I'm not going to get on the darn bike that he does. <laughs> He's on the bike. I'm not going to do 20-something miles. Um, but work out together. Um, I like think we... I would like to keep that separate. I want to sweat and I want to just <laughs> see my Netflix show on my treadmill. I don't want to look at him and I just want to do my thing. Um, and But I do one thing that he likes to do. What is that? Well, he likes to go to um, the cowboy store. I don't know what you call them. I don't know. But he likes to go there. Mm-hmm. Do I like cowboys? No, but I'll go. Yeah. I'm a city girl, but I'll and, go. And no, you know what? I think you bring up a good point because you're so supporting him and what he enjoys and i think that's also part of keeping our relationship alive being somewhat interested you know in your partner's activities and your partner's um adventures he likes two-stepping i don't because my knees suck (laughs) but i'll do it with him and he'll slowly dance with me but you're providing that interest and i think that's 
what makes a relationship last very long. Yeah. The one thing that I do love to do is cook with mm-hmm. him. So cook together was on the list. And I love that. So we do cook or he cooks for me. Um, I found that my love language for him, which was the next one, which is I like to say it. I like to touch him. Mm-hmm. Michael, he's a white guy. I'm a Latina. I'm a Latina girl. So if I touch him, he just sits there. But he like, he'll like he just <laughs> pat me like I'm a dog. But I know he means well. I know he means it. He'll yeah. give a little peck or he'll uh, do some. That's his love language mm-hmm. doing. The next one is we do plan a special date night. Even though it's on That's a date great. night, but we plan. We're like, let's go out and eat. So we did that the other day. I go, let's go out to eat. Let's go. You guys go out a lot, which is awesome. Yeah. So we do go I out I love to that eat. about you guys. So he'll have a burger, I'll have a salad, and then we look at people and start talking about them. <laughs> That's how bad we are. <laughs> now, I did add a few things of my own, and we talked about it. We talked about communicating on a deeper level. I don't yes. blame him. He doesn't blame me. Yeah. It's, so I'm, I'm really, really glad that you brought that communication thing because, again, I kind of really do feel that that has to be on the top ones for me. My personal um, list of how to keep a relationship alive has to be number one. Mm-hmm. When there is no communication, then there's nothing to either work out. There's nothing to kind of help you go along with it. It's really difficult to have a relationship with no communication and i mean that in and in and out of the bedroom absolutely so i know a lot of people are like oh i didn't tell him what i like in the bedroom he'll figure it out it's like no he's never gonna figure it out if you don't say it Mm -hmm. just like you know he's never gonna know what you want if you don't say it or vice versa that communication is going to be very important in and out of the bedroom absolutely i agree with you another thing that when we do that is we're learning we go to yesterday and one thing that i also teach with my clients is i don't want to use the record of the past that's why it keeps going round and round and round Mm -hmm. let's stop it and i do want to focus on mapping it to the future and so Mm -hmm. michael and i have been talking about that and i don't want to live the old stories i i want to embrace forgiving right we've made mistakes Mm -hmm. i've made huge mistakes while we were married I'm tearing up right now because it impacted our relationship with our daughter. We're healing. And um, I I know that I don't want to filter anything, but I also want to be honest with him. And the one thing that he would do, and he's very honest about it, is he would bring it up to me. Mm-hmm. Well, in 1901, you did this. <laughs> and when you rode that pony, that was a mistake. And I'm like, what? So that type of thing. And I said, we can't do that. I, w- I don't want to look up that baggage anymore. It's no, done. I agree. And so um, I always tell him it's old news. It's over. We move on. Yeah. Um, and also... One of the things my mom always used to tell me, and my dad, because they they were married, I don't know, 70-something years, a long time. They would say, the secret to living is giving. Mm -hmm. And they'd say it in Spanish. I can't really say it in my Spanglish. But they would say, just give to each other. My Mm -hmm. mom and dad were very giving people. And they always wanted to say, like, if you invest money, if you contribute nothing, you're not going to get anything in return. Oh, my God. That's a... Uh, yes i agree yeah it's like an investment right this is an investment in your future this is an investment in your relationship and if you're not giving you're not going to get anything in return and that is never going to grow and the other thing that my mom taught me and she should have been a therapist is the ing's of life Mm, what is that giving living loving that's amazing so in english because she was an english and spanish teacher she always would say 
And she said it in Spanish, and I can't say it to you, but I'll tell you in English <laughs> that she says it was an active part of living, right? I'm going yeah. to be getting. Yeah. So she would be saying, this, this is we're alive. So those were her INGs of life. That's amazing. And I share that with my clients. They're like, no, that's true. And I go, but it is. It is true. Yeah. So for me, that's what's important about keeping it alive. And maybe that is the the CPR for for our relationships. And it is, right? Again, anything is not going to stay alive if you don't feed it, if you don't nurture it, if you don't give to it, right? A plant is not going to survive. And that's the same thing with relationships again whether it be friendships or marriages or even you know life partners whatever that looks like it's not gonna grow if you don't feed it i agree i mean like tonight before you came over and we were gonna invite you but mike was really hungry you want to go on the bike we always have dinner even if it's five minutes together we say how's it going what's it that's going? amazing that's so great. we just do that even if elizabeth was studying what she was on the countertop mm-hmm. and he was down there we were just talking and he goes, okay, I'm off to go. You guys had a good day. We had a good day. Okay, see you later. Bye. It was that type of thing. That's yeah. that's great. Investing some time together. That's amazing. But it's don't great. we share that with our families when we do therapy? They're like, oh, we don't talk anymore. And I'm like, well, do you have dinner? Well, yeah. No, you're right. I A lot of the times we do get a little busy. And I and again, I get busy too. Sometimes we don't have time to, to give to our families or to our spouses or to our partners. But yet investing five ten minutes just to sit down and be like hey what's going on again that kind of goes back to that communication right yeah if there's no communication then everybody's off doing their own thing yeah or they go to the room or they're on yeah. their phone and w- another role is we don't have phones in the in dinner time i try to do the same thing i try to implement the same it's thing 10 minutes it's they'll be fine without tiktok right uh, i agree <laughs> i agree i know i kind of try to implement that too like no electronics while we're eating yeah trying to just be in the moment yeah um because we never know how long that moment's gonna last for so i always try to at least get everybody on the same page yeah I do like to do like those family dinners, though. We all eat together. Yeah, even if you're cooking, I know my daughter's going to be off her phone. I'm like, oh, Elizabeth, can you help me cut the cucumbers? She'll she'll do it. And I know she put the phone off, and I kind of scoot it out so we can just talk. <laughs> that's my way. Yeah. No, that's that's my love language. I do that <laughs> stuff. I just moves. No, your love language is buying things for people. That yeah. is your very... Oh, your love I love language. it. But like coffee, wouldn't that somebody like a coffee yeah. or something to uh, eat? Yeah. Or I, I thought about you when I was shopping. Yes. This one little trinket. I think it means a lot. And I... Even if it wasn't buying, I'll make it. Or I'll, hey, I had an extra donut. Or hey, you know, I don't know. And then again, you're feeding the relationship, that friendship that we have. Yeah. Which is really great. Yeah. My mom and dad did that with each other. And I think that's why I do it. That's amazing. That's really great. 70-something years. That's amazing. Yeah. They were dating for, for many years. And he saw her dancing. And he said to his friends, I'm going to marry her. Me la voy a casar. Sí, dijo eso, me voy a casar. And she was in her white dress. And oh, she, she was ready. And she'll say, I was a virgin. She'll say that. <laughs> like, mom, everybody knows a virgin. That's so funny. So one of the things that I researched for this episode was um, Dr. John Gottman's Four Horsemen that predict possible divorce or separation. Um, Dr. John Gottman has 
done over 40 years of like research and working with families. And one of the, the theories that he kind of has it, is the four horsemen. So essentially the four horsemen, it can predict about 90% per his website, of course, um, oh, about 90% of divorces. And so I'm going to go through them, just kind of discussing a little bit about them. And I'll also be providing what he considers are antidotes for these um, horsemen. Oh, I love that. One of the four horsemen is criticism. So <sighs> that would be like verbally attacking personality or character. Um this one could be seen many different ways one of the ones that i see a lot is like the backhand is like oh thank you for doing this why can't you do this all the time or why aren't you like this at home that you're criticizing your partner by saying that the butter you're doing something good but oh yes right it could be better Yes, I would, I would agree with that one. Um, another one is contempt. So attacking sense of self-worth mm. and intent to insult or abuse. That's Ooh. very heavy. Um, when communication in this state, you are truly mean. We treat others with disrespect, mock them with sarcasm, ridicule, call the names, mimic, or use eye-rolling or scoffing. The target of contempt is made to feel despised and worthless that contempt of never being positive of just bringing somebody down with such hey look i did this well you could have done it yesterday yeah so one of the examples they provided here on their website was uh while criticism attacks your partner's character contempt assumes a position of moral yeah. superiority over them yeah that makes sense and then the other one here is defensiveness. So for the defensiveness is this partner not only responds defensively, but they reverse blame in an attempt to make it the other partner's yeah. fault instead of a non-defensive response can express acceptance of responsibility, admission of fault, and understanding of your partner's uh, perspective. Why didn't you submit the paper? I would have done it, but you yeah. had the door closed and I couldn't have submit the paper. Exactly. Right? Instead of That's saying, I'm so sorry, I messed up, I, I completely forgot. Yeah. Um, that would have been the non-defensive way, but being go. defensive is always, you know, right on, like, on guard yeah. type thing. Um, and it's typically response to criticism, right? So we're very defensive on what people tell us. It's when we feel unjustly accused, we fish for excuses and play the innocent victim so that our partner will back off. Yeah, they're just not taking responsibility. Um, and then the last one that he has here is stonewalling. So stonewalling is avoiding conflict. So therefore, you don't even talk to him. Oh, I do that a lot. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I, I do. And I do it at work. If something really ticks me off, why talk about it? I just ignore it like that. Well that's on you yeah so the stonewalling occurs when the listener withdraws from the interaction shuts down and simply stops responding yep. to their partner rather than confronting the issue with their partner people will stonewall can make evasive maneuvers such as tuning out turning away yeah. acting busy or engaging in obsessive that, or distracting behaviors yeah that's me what about hey how's it going i'm fine yeah i'm fine you know you do the i'm fine thing you're not so I do that a lot. But you know what this reminds me of? Mm. I sometimes wonder with the evidence-based practices that I know now, one of them is PCIT, and I know you do too, but I use it on my husband. 
I'm not going to lie to you. Use the pride skills on him. <laughs> no. No. No, I'm laughing because I do too. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? So I describe what my husband's doing. Oh, you're you're fixing the flat tire. Right? And mm-hmm. then the one is, he'll say, yeah, how does it look? And I'm like, you're saying it looks pretty good. I'll try to reflect something better. And then uh, if he's doing something, then I do the imitate. Oh, I'm going to put the the wrench back in the bag like you did. And um, But he responds great. <laughs> I love it when you do this for me, sweetheart. And he does it again. Yeah. <laughs> So you see what I'm saying? So avoid criticism. I do describe. Yeah. So again, I I laugh because I do this with with my husband too. I do this a lot with him. Um, It's kind of like, oh, can you grab me a glass of water? And he doesn't. Thank you so much for, you know, helping me out. I was just kind of tired. But he does it. And he does it even, but he does it again. And then you give him that praise or thank you so much for, you know, helping me out today. Or thank you for helping me with the kids today. So I do. I tell my 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 parents that are doing PCIT, if you do this with your spouse or your special somebody, it I works. T- I tell that to all of my parents. I'm like, hey, these skills don't just work for kids. They it's not dis- It's not age discriminatory <laughs> really at isn't. all. Yeah. So f- um, for those of you who don't know what PCIT is, it's parent-child interactive therapy, which we use with little ones. Um, it's not necessarily parenting skills, but it does kind of help. Um, the parents gain a few new skills that will help. It will enhances the relationship. One, it, it does enhance the, the relationship, but it also kind of helps negative behaviors decrease. But I use it a lot for enhancing oh, relationships. It enhances my relationship with my <laughs> husband, and, and, it, and it decreases the negative behavior of him not doing what I want. <laughs> So, um, let's get into some of the antidotes for these four horsemen. Yes. So, um, so going back to the top, so criticizing, um, one of the antidotes for that, or that can better help your relationship if you are doing some criticisms, is gentle startup, which is talk about your feelings using I statements and express a positive need. I feel left out, or, you know, I feel I need those kind of I statements. Or, I feel sad when this happens. Yeah. Oh, you feel sad? Yeah. That's I, not you. Yeah. Even though it is you, but I'll say I. (laughs) (laughs) It was not you, it was me. Taking, essentially taking responsibility. Yeah. Um, For contempt, so the antidote for that one is build a culture of appreciation and respect in your relationship and there are a few ways to do that one of the mottos is small things often if you regularly express appreciation gratitude affection and respect for your partner you create a positive perspective in your relationship that acts as a buffer for the negative feelings the more positive you feel the less likely that you'll feel or express contempt so it's looking good. It's what you're finding good of what that person did. There's a reason why you're in that relationship with your partner, why you're in that friendship, right? You know what? This happened yesterday. I'm going to tell you what happened. My husband is methodical, which means in English, he takes a long time to get something done. He does. Mm-hmm. And I love him for it because he gets it done right. He'll, he'll, he'll paint it and it's just exact right. 
And but it took him three or five months when it could have taken him two hours that he got it done for me. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So I guess in a sense, um, finding a silver lining, right? Well, it yeah. took him three months, but he got it perfect compared to like he did it in two minutes and it's jacked up. Yeah. So So there you go. Appreciating your partner's positivities instead of just focusing on those negative aspects. Oh my god, he takes forever. Oh my god, he Or gratitude that he can get it done. Yeah. And he gets it done Compared well. to others who would probably never would have gotten it done. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So an, another one that kind of goes with this is that Dr. John Gottman actually, um, there's like a magic ratio is what he calls it. And he says it's it's a five to one. So for uh, positive to negative interactions that a relationship must have to succeed. So five positive interactions for every one of the negatives. And so by adding extra of the positives, it kind of like cancels the negative one out. The antidote for defensiveness is take responsibility, accept your partner's perspective and offer an apology for any wrongdoing. I'm good at that. That's good. I just want to take the edge off. And, and that's right. You have to take responsibility for things that you did wrong. You can't expect somebody else to take that responsibility when it was your fault. But what if it was two people? What if he didn't do his part? I didn't do my part. And I said, hey, I'm really sorry for my part in this. And he gets mad when I say for my part in this. Why would he get mad? Okay, but you did this. Alma. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, but I thought you... So so that's when you're kind of blaming him, right? You're getting defensive on that situation. I am, because I'm right and he's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. No, uh, I do take responsibility, but we do do that a lot. And that's amazing. So (laughs) It's the truth. uh, But again, to keep that relationship alive, take responsibility for what you did. Apologize. Now, if he doesn't, or she, or your partner doesn't take responsibility for theirs, and you know, will it? What do you do? Would it last? Who knows? I think that's part. So, if they don't take responsibility, I think that's what you would go back to that communication, right? We yeah, I would have to have a, a really talk with <laughs> like, them, like a sincere hey. talk, like hey, like it seems like we're not on the same page. Like you're not taking responsibility for whatever. Yeah, you know, I apologize for my wrongdoing. But, right and i feel this way when Using this, the when this yeah. is done and so and then you go back to the general startup i think you kind of can interuse. oh these, yeah you huh? can en- okay. yeah oh yeah definitely like you can use all of them in different categories but again i think the main purpose of this um horseman's and their antidote is for you to take responsibility and and for your own actions and and stop the the negative yeah yeah um, so kind of going with still mulling the last one that they have here on um, their antidote for that is physiological self-soothing. Take a break and spend the time doing something soothing and distracting. That makes sense. So this could kind of um, like a time out. Yeah. And, and regroup. And I think a perfect um, thing to kind of go along with this would be what I had uh, with my episode with Angelica. Episode two was relaxation skills. So we talked a lot about relaxation skills, a lot about self-care and things that you guys can do. So you guys might want to listen to that episode so you guys can get some pointers in that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things with um, 
with stonewalling is that Dr. John Gottman suggested um, taking about a 20 minute break if you guys are arguing and it's getting really, really bad. Um, taking 20 minutes to kind of um, unwind a little bit and kind of think about what's happening. And then by the time those 20 minutes are over, you should be in a, in a, a relatively lower state than anger. And that's when you should rejoin the argument with a clear mind and be able to kind of talk to your partner in a non-discriminating um, way. But with the stonewalling, I think it's 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 smart to take a break because you're trying to avoid it, right? Yeah. So you're trying to tell your spouse or your partner, I just need a break. So something that Michael and I do is we have a code word. I think to this time... It's snickerdoodles. We'll say the word snickerdoodles, dude. Snickerdoodles. And mm -hmm. he knows, okay, you take That's your good. time. I take my time. So I go upstairs and he goes off. And then I know he's going to come back. And then we do talk about it. And we never go to bed upset. And we always have to laugh. Something. That's the that's the goal. That's amazing. So I think those that's... Are, those are really... Again, you... I think you're a perfect example of what Google would be, like things for you guys to do because you're already doing them yeah right? except for Not trying new things <laughs> <laughs> and we always say let's go to solving let's do something different and then solving 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 i can't oh, wait, say it is right that the little town yeah it's like we we're talking about going dutchy like or something it's it's kind of like yeah dutch, like dutch and then they have the Able squeavers, which is the donut stuff that's sprinkled in powdered sugar oh and raspberry God, good. it's really good um, so we just like to go, but we never do because I got three hour drive. It is kind of far. Do I want to do that in my back? So <laughs> see, I want to try something new. But anyway, but again, so I think yeah, trying something new. But I don't think it has to be that extent, right? True. Even something True. local. There's nothing here to do. I have to find it. So you have to be positive. Y you do. I you do. could do um, those pottery classes that you can paint stuff. Oh, color me mine. That would be great. Yeah. I could do that. Karaoke night somewhere? Yeah, I could do that. Not bowling. Not, no, bowling <laughs> is not for me. You know, my back was out for like two weeks. See, I tried something new. Mike says, never again. <laughs> you guys tried something you new. You should have stayed home. I go, I know. <laughs> um, any other? No, this was really interesting. And, and thanks for reminding me about the four horsemen. I'm going to take this with me. Um, it's something to to discuss with my clients. I love these little things. Yeah, and again, these these are just kind of like tidbits that we can use like for it. our everyday living, right? Absolutely. And again, so when we talk about relationships, I know we kind of started off on a, like a romantic partner relationship, but again, I think these could be used oh, in any aspect. At work? At, yeah, at work, your personal friendships, your romantic partners, whoever is in a relationship with you and that could be romantic non-romantic i think these are really great skills to use in those situations yeah to keep that friendship or relationship alive, alive. yeah <laughs> anything else no i love it this was really really good for me and i love that we can talk about it and remind i have to remind myself about friendships so as you get older either for me, not to make this a sad point, but you build relationships as you work, mm -hmm. but then those that from childhood or high school or college, mm -hmm. 
you had friendships, right? We yeah. studied a lot. We took tests. We hung out a lot. And then we get married. We have children. Mm-hmm. And just life dissipates. Yeah. Um, my One of my supervisors, every three or four months, she goes off with her six childhood friends all the time. And I really wish I could do that because I have a lot of... that, And that's amazing. Right? But talk about keeping those relationships alive. One of her friends needed help who lives in Texas, and she flew out there to help her. That's an amazing See, I don't opportunity. I think if I really needed something and I called a friend, I think they would. And some of them live in Virginia and Washington. But now I have Johanna, <laughs> who I go to. and But we really have good friendships at work. I, I, I do. Yes, I would agree. And it's just key for me because it's a lifeline to me. Like, I don't know, I feel happier when I see them. and I feel excited. Mm-hmm. And you... I don't know, you told me some really great news earlier, and I was just like, I'm so excited right now. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> what? So, yeah, I think we have to keep those alive, I think. And and how do you keep those alive? By doing all these stuff that we yeah. just kind of went over, right? No, again, it's a reminder. That, yeah, and again, it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. These Any relationship, any friendship that you have grows and continues to grow. And if you're not watering that plant, if you're not watering that relationship it's not it's gonna stop it dissipates it dies out do you know what what, something that you did that is you followed the four horsemen so if something is troubling you or Mm -hmm. bothering you you gently sent me a text to say hey alma and i'm not gonna tell you what it is we already know it but to keep it private but you reminded me and the way you said it was very gentle (laughs) non-critical And I respond at first. I was like, "What?" I go, "Wait Mm -hmm. a minute! No, she's got a point." It made me think, and then I Mm -hmm. wrote back to you, and I joked back, saying, "Okay." And you took it well, and I thought, "Now that's, now that's perfect, right there." So when I read this, I thought of it immediately. I go, "That's what she did." So thank you for that. Yeah, no worries. I'm here to make my friendship grow. You are. You make it grow. I I love my friends, and I'm and I'm gonna. I love my relationships with. The people that I have, I don't have a big circle, but the small circle that I do have, I want to keep it and I want to make it grow. And I'm going to invest myself in my relationships to continue that growth, right? Mm-hmm. And it's again using that communication. If I have any issues, I'm like, hey, Alma, X, Y, and Z, right? I I never, I don't think I've ever criticized you. No. So I mean, never. But but if something bothers you, I love that you're honest. I'd rather have that front door approach. But I have to say, when we talked about, when I talked about my boss, about she goes out with her with that one friend and she helps people. What you did, a friend of yours came from, I don't think she lives far, to your birthday party. Yes. I was slightly jealous. I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> I was a little, you know, let's be honest. I was jealous. But you were just, you were just very proud of her and you showed me pictures and I was happy for you. I, was I like, love it. She's, I mean, again, I love all my friends, but yeah. she is my bestest friend in the mm-hmm. whole world. She's literally my yang to my yang. She keeps me grounded. Yeah. Um, and she came for you. She did, and it makes me feel so good. And, and when I and I think about her and I talk about her, I just I get so excited because I love her so much. She's she's amazing. She's an amazing person. And see, how can I be jealous of that? 
you're truly happy and that's I am. now that's a friendship where i'm happy for you it really is so i think that she's definitely the longest um friendship or relationship i've ever had with um i think this year would be 20 years that we've known each other so what keeps your relationship alive with her <sighs> that's a really good question um i think we're really honest we're really open we don't judge each other that's the ma- i think that's what i 100 percent love about her is that no matter where i am in my life she's always happy for me i'm always happy for her i want to see her grow and vice versa um she's never been a judgmental person um so i feel 100 percent confident being myself with her and knowing that she's not going to throw that in my face for being who i am and you're that way where i think we're all that way mm-hmm. with people that we work with seriously we're the, the yeah. few crew we're really like that don't you find that yes yeah yes because i appreciate everybody I really yeah. do. And I see that you do too. And they do with us. Mm-hmm. So I feel that too. But again, you have to make it grow, right? Because I mean, she she does live in Utah now. And wow. so it is a really long drive. Yes. So. But it's beautiful but out even, there. It is beautiful. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. It is beautiful. Um, but even that with the really long distance, I literally send her every day tiktoks text messages we're always so even though we don't see each other we don't talk every day we're sending each other little messages here and there we're sending each other memes so i think that's how we kind of keep that's that little good. spark alive see and communication it keeps it alive yeah i think that's I love a her. key she's amazing yeah sorry to make Thank you jealous you. i'm a little jealous right now but you know what i'm happy for you it'll, you. it'll go away i'm gonna go ahead and stonewall you right now <laughs> I'm going to withdraw and be distant <laughs> and take a break. <laughs> uh, we did a lot. I think we kind of um, spoke at some of the key things that we, again, my key thing is always going to be communication. Communication yeah, number agree. one, for I sure. Um, we did speak about the four horsemen, criticizing, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling some of their antidotes, um, gentle startups, building culture of appreciation, take responsibility in physiological self-soothing um you did talk about some of the research that you found yeah and basics like empathy compassionate yes. um responsiveness mm-hmm. and keeping a goal i need to i need to to keep a goal well we do i think you do i'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I do. I just don't recognize it. And you do. You're telling me you about a home oh, and what you true. want. That's goals. Very true. Right? Very true. You got me. How on you track. want to be professional? How you want to grow? <laughs> this, what you're doing now, goal. Th- that's very Your husband true. Supporting you, goal. Very true. So yeah. Very true. That's I feel great. good about myself now. I know you get a gold star. Free <laughs> therapy for you. No charge. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Alma, for joining me on Psych Tea. This is, uh, I'm really hoping our listeners enjoyed this um, conversation and got something out of it. Yeah, thank really you for having so. me. Well, thank you. Well, thank you for joining us. That was Psych Tea. Thank you so much for listening. The information provided in this podcast does not constitute therapeutic advice or replace mental health treatment and the relationship with your own therapist. 
Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow Psyched Tea on Instagram for more content and to keep up with the tea.